welcome to Spawn, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. Today, we are talking with Naima Ford-Goldson, professional organizer, about staying organized. With so many of us trying to get organized, we're turning our homes into offices and school spaces, and you know, there are homes from this past year. We want to know how can we maintain all of our hard work, and as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week, and we'll be right back talking with Naima after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Kiko. You probably know Kiko as the maker of top-rated car seats, strollers, and high chairs. But they also happen to make some wonderful baby feeding essentials designed for the ultimate combo of safety, function, and style. That includes their adorable and smartly designed Physioforma orthodontic pacifiers, which soothe, comfort, and actively support a baby's breathing and oral development, and can be an important part of a safe bedtime routine, giving a new parent the gift of sleep. We say, yes, please. And how do we know so much about them? Kiko also happens to be the sponsor of our brand new baby gift guide, featuring our top 10 gifts of the year in categories including practical baby gifts, funny baby gifts, that's my personal favorite, gifts for dads, gifts under $10, and more. You can visit our best baby gifts of 2020 on coolmompicks.com and learn more about Kiko baby feeding essentials, including their Physioforma orthodontic pacifiers at kikousa.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-U-S-A.com or sites like Amazon and Bye Bye Baby. Okay, Liz, so let's talk a little bit more about our guest. Yeah, Naima Ford-Goldson specializes in transforming spaces through design as a certified professional organizer and the owner of Restore Order Professional Organizing. She is both the president and one of the founding members of the National Association for Black Professional Organizers, and she even has a children's book, Tidy Tessa, which teaches kids how to organize their things. <laughs> so we don't have to do that. Yeah. Them, Kristen. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. She's contributed to articles about organization and good housekeeping, Martha Stewart living, and more. She's designed countless closets, pantries, home offices, basically every room in the house. She's done it, which is why we are lucky that she's here with us to offer her pro tips to help keep us organized too, which we really need. So welcome, Naima. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> no we pressure. I'm standing in my me. newly organized closet. <laughs> so I'm I'm needing your help to keep things organized. I know, Liz, you have been doing a lot too, and it's not just out of use, right? I feel like for both of us and probably for a lot of people, it's like a psychological thing, don't you think, Liz? Yes. Like, I, okay, so I'm in a smaller apartment. I'm in New York City and I'm staring at these same walls every day. We're going on a year now. And if things look cluttered or even a little out of place, like I'm going crazy. And you know, Kristen, I tend to be like a big mess. There are no messes. I'm like insanely organized. It's weird. And I'm just wondering, Naima, if you've been hearing this, are people's views about organizing changing? Like are normally cluttered people just feeling this compulsion to organize things these days or is it just me? I would say yes. Um, and I think <laughs> the reason is because everyone's at home, right? Mm -hmm. So 
when you're at home, you realize, hey, maybe my closet isn't as organized as it could be. But the other side of that is, you know, just finding where things are. You realize that you might not have the best system. So there are a lot of people who are just trying to change up their systems completely to just make it work better for them and just make it more efficient. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, because like, for example, we are cooking a lot more over the last year than we tend to do. And so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, I actually need access to the Dutch oven and I can't see like in the way back of the closet gathering dust because I'm baking bread. So yeah, I've had to make changes so that new systems could work for us for kind of our new lives. Is that something people are dealing with? Oh, definitely. And in terms of design too, um, because you know, a lot of people, um, especially if you have a house that might be newer, you have wire shelving. And a lot of people are realizing that the wire shelving isn't cutting it anymore. Hmm. So they're really coming in and, you know, trying to reach out and get that design help to make things more, um, more functional for them so that, you know, in their closet, they might not only have just a long hanging bar, but they might have a double hanging space and drawers, a hamper, um, a valet rod to hang out their clothes for the next day, um, hooks, just anything you can imagine. So I'm seeing that people really are stepping up their game when it comes to organization. And who knows, by the end of the year, most people (laughs) might be organized. You're going to be out of work. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting that you say that, right? Because we're all home. We're all using things that perhaps we hadn't used as much. Like you were talking about Liz trying to find the Dutch oven. Like I'm in the same sort of circumstance. So I'm wondering, do you find that it's the initial design that is a barrier for people in terms of continuing to stay organized? Is it the system that they use based on the design? Like what is keeping people from keeping up, if you will, with that organization that they have worked on so hard. Talk a little bit about that. I think it can be all of the above. And to add to it, I also think lack of time. So Mm. again, we're at home more, right? So we're spending more time in our spaces. You know, when people were going out and working, and of course, there are some people who still work outside of the home, you might get home and not have time to, you know, put your shoes back where it belongs. And then they might end up building up in a entry closet or in the garage or what have you. So I definitely think that time is one thing. Mm -hmm, Definitely mm -hmm. the system. Sometimes you get a, like, for example, when you move into a house and you have the closet that's already there, that closet might have worked for the previous person, but it might not work for you because maybe that person hangs all their clothes and you prefer to fold your clothes. So systems are definitely important and then maintaining those systems as well. So Mm -hmm. making sure that every single item that you have, making sure it has a home and putting it in that home at the end of the night, no matter what, just making sure everything gets put away. And then that's the easiest way to maintain the system. But that really is what it is, just maintaining it, getting a system that works for you in place and maintaining the system and then having the time to do it as well. Yeah, Yeah, actually, that's one of the Mm -hmm. best tips I got from Marie Kondo. And I'm curious on your thoughts about her. But one of my favorite things was that (laughs) things should only have one place like, not all her tips work for me, but the idea of, like, oh, yeah, all the Sharpies should be in one area so we don't have, like, six different Sharpie cases all over the house. <laughs> and so, actually, that was, like, a really small thing that helped me. I know a lot of people think of her when you think of organizing. Do you find that her advice 
works? I think it works for some people. I do think for the average American, no, it does not work just because, you know, she comes from a Japanese culture, which is already a minimalistic culture, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And in America, we want more and more and more and big. And, you know, we like a lot of things. And I recall an interview that she did or something where she even mentioned in Japan, they don't have these big houses. They don't have as much stuff as we have here in the state. So it's a little bit different in terms of organization. I do agree with her in some aspects of most times people really just need to get rid of their stuff because we have way too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> Raising my hand. Hello. (laughs) The spark joy thing, though, for me is a little gimmicky, but it does motivate people to purge their things. So, you know, I think, hey, why not? She's really sparked a movement of, you know, people really looking at themselves and trying to become more organized. So I definitely applaud Mm -hmm. her for that. Do all of her things work? No. Do I think some of it's gimmicky? Yes. But like I said, it's definitely helped a lot of people kind of get a jump start or even realizing that professional organizing exists. So if they're Uh, not the person that will do everything on their own, they can hire someone to help. Right. It's okay to ask for help with this. And you bring up a great point, which is that not all systems work for all people, right? Because I know that there was a fair amount that Marie Kondo did that resonated with a lot of people on our team. And I remember, I'm like, spark joy. It's a piece of trash. Like, throw throw it away. You know what I mean? That's a ripped up receipt. And then someone else would be like, that's a ripped up receipt. So That's me. That's my special ripped up receipt. (laughs) So I'm wondering, though, Naima, how do you figure out what might work for your family? Like, are there characteristics? I mean, you kind of mentioned you may be the person who uses drawers and doesn't hang your clothes. Like, are there a series of questions or things that we can look at with our families that kind of put us in a certain category of what type of organization approach would work for us? Just curious about that. I definitely think, let's say you're in your closet and you're trying to figure out the inventory of your closet. Let's say you share your closet. I share my closet with my husband, which I I don't like. (laughs) However, we make it work. (laughs) Um, But we've lived in this house for about four years and we got custom closets a couple of years ago. I knew when I moved in that that was one of the things that I was going to change about this, but I made it more functional for him. So it's just really taking the inventory and asking those questions. So do you prefer to fold your clothes? I know my husband hates folding clothes, Mm -hmm. so he has more hanging space, you know? Mm -hmm. Are your shoes on display so you see that you have them? You know, a lot of times people forget that things exist, so you also want to make sure that everything is easily accessible. But it is asking those questions and figuring out what works best for you. And sometimes you'll change up the system and it won't work and that's okay. But it's really just, you know, focusing and and trying something different to see if that is the thing that works for you. Because sometimes it is just trial and error. Mm -hmm. I love that you bring up that when you don't see things, you forget about them. Like since I've been doing the massive 2020 purge into 2021, which who knows how long it'll last, um, Mm -hmm. as I've been doing that for the past year, I keep discovering things. Like we had a giant game closet. Like we don't have a lot of closets here in New York, but we had one just for games. We have so many games and puzzles. We pulled stuff out. We're like, we forgot we had this. Wait, why do we have three Monopoly sets? Do we really need the Stranger Things (laughs) Monopoly, like the Steven Universe Monopoly and the classic Monopoly? So as we were going through stuff, we realized 
oh my gosh, we need to rearrange our things in a way that we can actually see what we have so we can make use out of them. Right. Or if it's in the back of a closet for so long that we've forgotten about it, then maybe we didn't really need it in the first place. Do you see things differently when you're working with smaller spaces? Like when you're working with an apartment versus a house? Like I do not have the custom closets or, you know, an attic to throw things into, or Mm -hmm. I have a very small storage cage in my basement, which is like a much coveted thing in apartments. Right. (laughs) Like a cage. I have a little cage to keep my things, but that's it. So I'm just wondering if you see this any differently when you have less space to work with in the first place. So I definitely think when the space is smaller and it can definitely be a lot more challenging. However, you have to make sure you use your wall space. You know, any empty wall, you can put a wardrobe on the wall. You can add wall shelves. Any empty space is perfect, especially if you live in an apartment or um, space is just limited for you. So just think about getting things off the floor, trying not to really tuck things away so you you know, forget about them and trying to keep things where at least you're able to look at it ever so often. But I definitely think using some type of wall system is the best thing that you can do when space is at a minimum. I think that makes so much sense. And I think it's kind of nice, too, because we're like, what do we put it on these walls? And then you're like, oh, I have all these things that I have hidden away in bins and boxes that could actually get a little airtime and then remind me that I own them, which also brings up something else actually that our team we were talking about it was a big deal that we were having you on because organization our team is super excited whenever we talk to an organizer and I think one of the things and you (laughs) mentioned this Liz brought this up just now is that a lot of organization involves going through your things putting some Mm -hmm. things out and then putting things away which is like in a way, you still have a lot of stuff and a lot of it isn't being seen. So what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you like this idea of like a rotation system, like for toys and games? Are you just like, if it's out of sight, give it away? Like, can you just talk about excess and what you say to people or how you work with people who have things that maybe are legitimately good for saving, right? Like they shouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily get rid of it, but then it's just sitting in a box somewhere. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the rotating things out just because I think that is something that can easily kind of fall by the wayside. Someone can easily forget it and then you end up with things that you haven't seen in a year or two. In my closet, I leave all of the things for every season in my closet. So I don't switch out like winter clothes and summer clothes and things like that. Everything that I have is right there in my closet. And then I go through things once a year and I recommend everyone going through their things once a year. I also recommend if you haven't used it in a year to get rid of it. Oh, that's hard for me. Because <laughs> yeah, you know what I do? I constantly <laughs> clean stuff out like beginning of the school year, September, and get rid of all these things. And then Halloween comes and I needed that wig. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotcha. the worst thing for someone who is like a ton of attachment to things. Because like, I'm like, I don't even care. I'll of sight, it's gone. But I know there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I could have used that Sony Walkman from 1990. (laughs) 
And that is Liz. And you also have to think, how much use am I going to get out of it, though? Yes. Am I just going to use it every blue moon? You know, am I just going to break it out once in a while? Will I really use it? What do I really need it for? And mm-hmm. I think those are kind of the hard questions that you really have to ask yourself when you are going through your things. Now, I definitely don't recommend getting rid of everything. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a minimalist than most people, I would say. But if you have things that you like, that you cherish, that you do plan to use, it's okay to keep it. Just make sure you have an efficient space to store it in. You know, I don't walk into people's houses and tell them, get rid of this, 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 this. Uh No. If they tell me that they want to keep this, then I'm like, okay, when are you going to use it? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, we need to find a home for this. Where is this place going to live? And Mm -hmm. whenever you use it, put it back in its home. And that's it. As long as we can find a home for something, then I'm, why not? Why not keep it? I'm going to turn that into a little MP3 clip and just play it for my kids over and over. Find a home. (laughs) Find a home for this. Find a home. Naima says, find a home. In my book, Tidy Tessa, that's really what I stress. That's really what it's about. Just teaching kids how to find a place for their things and then putting it away when they're done with it. And then they'll know where to find it when they're looking for it, you know, so things don't get lost. That's the biggest help with kids and teaching them how to become organized. I really like that you said, too, about the amount of use something is going to get. And I kind of want to drive that home because I think there are a lot of people, I don't want to call you out, Liz, but I'm going to call you out, who are like, oh, I could have I could have <laughs> used that gift bag or that one thing. But then it's like, yes, you could have that one time. But would it have given you usage and time saving and, you know, saving you money and all of those things over a period of time repeatedly, right? I think that's a good way for some people, not all people, to determine, okay, yes, this is a useful item. We see that. But is it useful to you? And how useful is it to you to make you decide that it's going to take up a space in your already crammed closet or wherever, right? Kristen, I will have you know that, you know, we had the bag of bags, Yes. We, we ended up with about seven <laughs> bags of bags, <laughs> like all the reusable oh, wow. bags that I felt like it was eco-friendly. I should keep them. But, you know, we don't need literally 80 or 90 of these bags that I've had over the years. And so John made me narrow it down to one. We are down to one bag of bags. Awesome. I'm so proud of myself. See, That's you great. don't need 24 tote bags. You just don't. You don't. You don't need <laughs> It was need hard because I am really sentimental about things. Like, you're like, eh toss it. I'm not like that. Like, And that's why I really liked when you said you understand that some people, they're like, I want to keep all this ephemera, or I want to keep these postcards, or I want to keep all the art my kids did when they were two, and they drew 800 of the same little spindly-legged people on construction paper. (laughs) But like that we got to find a place for it, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you know, once we found that place for it, how do you know whether you're organizing it in the right way? Let's say I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep all the kids' art in this one place, and then I kind of forget about it and never see it again. Or let's say I say, oh, I, I really like having a lot of books around, but I realize like they're stacking up in piles and I'm not, they're not going back into the bookshelf. Like, is there a point at which you realize that you're not organizing things properly and you need to give up on something and try something new? I think always, even around my house, I'm constantly reorganizing, you know? Something that worked for me a couple years ago might not work for mm-hmm. me today. It's definitely mm-hmm. going through and reevaluating 
doing things. You ha- you might have a system that worked for you beautifully six months ago and or a year ago, but now we're in this pandemic and your system that you thought worked for you just doesn't work anymore. So it's just doing that constant looking at it again and trying to figure out how can I organize this better? What can I do to make sure that I'm seeing these items? What can I do to make sure that these items are getting the best use? Yes, that's so smart because I feel like I sometimes get stuck. Like, I've just always done it this way. Like, I think about my kitchen cabinets and drawers. And there was one point where I thought, my kids, you know, they're not little anymore. They're teenagers. Why do I still have, like, all these little plastic cups low in a drawer where they can reach them? We don't need that anymore. And I rearrange stuff. Or why have I always had my coffee cups on the second shelf really high up now that I have a teen who drinks coffee and reaches for the cups every day? Like, let's move that more accessibly. It's like I hadn't even seen it. I lived with that system for so long, Mm -hmm. literally decades, that I hadn't even seen the opportunity to change things up. I think that happens to a lot of parents, though. I think that does, right? Especially, I think, in kids' rooms sometimes, and I think the kitchen or even, like, the games. It's like, we haven't played these games in years, but Naima, I'm wondering, though, like, should it be easy? You know, I'm getting into my next question, which has to do with getting kids involved. So, like, let's just say you have a system where the shoes go in a bin, right? Mm -hmm. But the shoes never make it in the bin. They just don't. (laughs) They end up next to the door where they could be lined up, but they just never actually make it into the bin. And the bin is really just like your optimism, (laughs) like in a beautiful color blue. Should you then be like, screw the bin. We're just going to line up our shoes and I'm going to get a little boot tray or something to put the shoes on. Mm -hmm. Like, should it be easy? You know what I mean? Like, if it's not working and it's hard, is that when you're like, okay, try something else? Yes, you should absolutely say screw the bin because, like you said, if it's not working, try something different. Kids need to, you know, learn habits. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, they have to get in the habit of doing it every single time. So then it's just kind of like second nature to them. Mm -hmm. If that bin isn't working, I'd say maybe give it a try for, let's say, a week or something like that. Okay. If it's not working, try something different because if they haven't started using that system, chances are moving forward, they won't. So I definitely think something that is easier for them and maybe look at what they do when they take off their shoes. You know, where do they put their shoes? Do they wear their shoes in the house and then just take them off and put them in the downstairs closet or something like that? Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I think it's looking at it and figuring out what it is that they do and then deciding what might be the best course of action. And so you're saying a week because I'm also thinking, you know, I've got four kids. Liz has two, sometimes four in her house as well. And so it's great for us to come up with a system, right? right? (laughs) But then if you've got other people in the home who also need to follow the system, is there a good way? Like, are you like, let's have a family meeting or, you know, like tell us how do we get our kids involved in it Mm -hmm. in a way that at least if you're going to try something, like, they're on board with it. And I love the idea of, like, looking at people's habits and trying to meet them where they are. I think that makes a lot of sense. For example, my kids were, like, taking off their socks with their shoes at the door and then I would have all these piles of socks so I honestly put a little (laughs) laundry basket near the door and it saved Mm -hmm. my sanity. So I'm curious to know what you would say about trying to get families on board with these approaches. I definitely think if your kids are older, having a family meeting 
would be optimal, you know, trying to get everyone on the same page. If your kids are younger, like mine, my oldest is, he's nine years old. So he's getting to that point. And then my youngest is six. And both of my boys are pretty like naturally tidy people. Um, And I don't know if it's just because since they've been born, they've had a place to store their things. I don't know if it has to do Mm -hmm, with that. mm -hmm. But I do think that letting the kids pick things or letting them decide where something might go, you know, just asking their opinion. Where do Mm. you think your shoes should be stored? Do you think they should be stored in a bin? Which bin would you like to pick out? Would you like to pick out a bin off of Amazon or at the container store? You know, maybe getting them involved in that way to where they know they picked this, they decided this, then they're probably more likely to keep Mm -hmm. up with the maintenance of that organization. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. And you can use it against them. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can say, you picked right. this. You decided it was, this, right? It was your idea to choose this bin, and now you don't want to put your things in but it. But it makes sense. Like, even when you let your kids pick out, like, the color of hangers in their closet, like, I know I feel more apt to use things when it's pleasing to me mm-hmm. in some way. I mean, I think that makes sense in ways that maybe we haven't even considered. Mm-hmm. So, in your work with clients, and, oh, God, we could all use a professional organizer these days, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think makes their experiences most successful in terms of keeping up what you've done for them? Because it's, you know, I feel like, okay, I could have you come over and organize my place, but then it could fall apart really fast. And you're not there, Naima. You're not there with us to be like, put that back. Put that back. <laughs> Get, send it home. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this, too. So besides having you on speed dial, yeah. <laughs> what do you think helps your clients be most successful in terms of keeping up with systems that are working? I definitely think they have to be realistic with their goals and what they're wanting. Going in with the goal of what I want to get out of this. I don't want someone to come in and just organize the space for me. I want to learn these systems so I can do it on my own. So I definitely think having that clear goal in mind. There are some people, though, who benefit from having an organizer come out repeatedly. So maybe it's every quarter where they have an organizer come out. Or since we're still in a pandemic, it could be having your organizer check in with a virtual call, Mm -hmm. maybe even a 10-minute chat or something along those lines. I definitely think having someone with you hold you accountable, even if it's a friend, you know, if you're getting organized and you let your friend know that you hired this organizer and you hope your friend can keep you accountable for it. You know, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it takes having a friend come over just to sit with you while you're doing the organizing so you can get it done just to have someone there to be accountable. But I do think just being realistic about it Mm -hmm. and realizing that you can't just wave a wand and you'll get organized. (laughs) It's definitely, you know, take some time and commitment. Well, and also that it's not always going to be super perfect, right? I I imagine there's a difference between like super clean and super organized and organized. And I feel like it doesn't have to be super aspirational. Like it is possible for families, wherever your space is, however many kids you have, to have organization, even though it may not be spotless and like you don't have it, like you said, a Mary Poppins moment where you like snap your fingers and everything right. gets put away. But at least you know that there is a place for everything and it can give you some peace of mind. So I love that. Be realistic. Have an organizational accountability buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. So 
Naima, you're everywhere. People can find you at RestoreOrderNow.com. And of course, they can find your book, Tidy Tessa, everywhere where books are sold. And you're on so many social networks. Where do you like to be found? Like, what is your favorite social media platform and the best way to find you if our listeners want to get in touch? I definitely think the best way is probably Facebook. I would like it to be Instagram, but I'm no Instagram expert. So (laughs) Facebook, they can find me, um, Restore Order Now now on Facebook. And then my website, my website has a link to all of the social media avenues. I mean, I check them all so they can really reach out to me on any of those platforms. And let me just ask you real quickly, are you doing any kind of virtual consulting with people since the pandemic? Have you been doing anything like that, like video consulting? Yes. So I do virtual consulting. It's so different from organizing with people in person because typically it's Mm -hmm. hands-on and I'm working with that client. This time it's just guiding them and telling them what to do and, you know, figuring out, you know, why they're stuck and what their issues are and trying to work through those. It feels more like a mental component now, um, but so many organizers are doing the virtual organizing. And I think it is useful and helpful to people as well. That's great to know for those of our listeners who may need Naima in their lives, (laughs) like me. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool picks of the week. Naima, you're our guest, so you get to go first. What's cool for you this week? Okay, so hopefully I don't sound too nerdy, but I love listening to audiobooks. Yeah, and me too. The one that I just finished is Women and Money by Susie Orman. And it was just so impactful for me because not only does it talk about money and, you know, the type of accounts you should have, the type of retirement accounts, you know, all those things, but it also talks about, you know, putting yourself first and saying no to certain things. And, you you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. So I think that's a big thing, especially being a woman, Mm -hmm. especially being a mom, especially being an entrepreneur. You sometimes just really need to hear that over and over again to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I love that. Actually, Liz picked an audiobook last week. And audiobooks are great for when you're doing your organizing. You can just put your earbuds in and get moving. But I love that. And, you know, it's a topic that women need more of. Like, we need to talk more about money. So I'm definitely interested in that. Liz, what's your cool pick of the week? Ooh, okay. I have two. I couldn't choose. So first of all, I have to recommend WandaVision. Oh, have you seen yeah. it yet? No, I haven't. I've heard a lot about it, though. I finally watched it. It is so funny and wonderful. If you are a Marvel fan, then you probably know Wanda, Elizabeth Olsen, and, and Vision, who happens to be my neighbor, Paul Bettany. It takes place in the 50s. And I don't want to tell you much. It's fun to just be surprised by it. But let's just say if you can appreciate like I Love Lucy, Bewitched, even the Brady Bunch, they do a spot on parody of those kinds of shows through like these Marvel characters that have supernatural powers. It's so wonderful. And so I'm only a few episodes in. They're doing a new one each week. Anyway, I highly recommend just for like something fun and the kids can watch it. And I I just love it. The other thing I want to recommend, I know you mentioned it earlier, is our baby shower gift guide. We have a lot of categories that are really wonderful that really help you find what you're looking for, whether it's practical baby gifts or gifts under $10. But my favorite, Kristen, and yours, I think, is... 
our 10 funny baby gifts for the year. And they are funny. I mean, parents really need to laugh right now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We all need to laugh. And I'm telling you, these are not just like terrible, like future pimp onesies or like that horrible stuff you see when you search funny baby (laughs) gifts online. We found 10 really, really good things. So take a look. It's on coolmompics.com. Right at the top, you'll see our baby gift guide and just Start with the funny baby gifts. You'll enjoy it. (laughs) Yay! So how about you, Kristen? What's your cool pick? Yeah, so we had a guest on, I would say, maybe mid-last year, Justin Willman, who is the host and creator of Magic for Humans. And he was on talking about his virtual magic kits, and we love his show. Our kids love his show. Well, he's doing something really awesome. He's doing magic at home. So you can basically buy tickets for a virtual show. You can hop on Zoom, watch with your family, and it feels like he's doing magic right for you, right in your home. It's really great for Valentine's Day. He's actually doing some of his tricks that we all know him for, but he's going to add some fun ones for Valentine's Day as well. And it's $25 per household. So if you're looking for something fun to do on Valentine's Day weekend, actually it will be going until like the 21st of February, but you have to hurry because they are selling out. So of course, we will link that up. We'll link up Naima's book and Liz's picks as well and everything we talked about on the show over on Cool Mom Picks on our podcast page. So make sure to head over there if you want to read up on all the things we talked about today. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, Naima Ford-Goldson. And of course, thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. If you've got a moment, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We would greatly appreciate that. You know, you can also subscribe and you download our episodes. All of those things... They're very quick, they're very free, and it actually helps other listeners like you find us. And you can also join us over at our Spawned podcast community on Facebook. We chat about our show topics and pretty much everything else you want to talk about, we talk about over there. So yeah, we've had some good like Q&As. It's a very supportive community. If If you feel supported here, you will feel extra supported over there on Facebook. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Spawned. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. 